Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hi, folks. How are you all doing today? Uh, my name is Joe Zagorski, and this is the Pigskin Past. Uh, we're doing part two tonight of those wild and crazy NFL fans. Uh, earlier, I did part one and talked about some different things about the 1970s and how fans really got a chance to enjoy pro football. Now, the decade of the 1970s in America is often described as the me decade, and with good reason. Following the turbulent 1960s, American citizens consistently looked inward towards their own lives during the 1970s. Now, this is not to say that many people all of a sudden got greedy or self-absorbed, but it is one of the, it's one of the facts that they were being honest in retrospect a lot of people in the United States made a purposeful effort in addressing themselves, taking better care of themselves, spending more money on themselves and their individual pursuits, and all at the cost of the patterns and practices that were utilized back in the 1960s and even before that. Um, that could have been a good thing or a bad thing, depending, I guess, on the results. But in the world of pro football, for example, more fans attended more NFL games than ever before. And television, well, pro football's television ratings were off the charts in the 1970s. With each successive year, the NFL's TV ratings were eclipsed annually. Uh, staples such as the Super Bowl and Monday Night Football were constantly drawing many millions of fans nationwide. Of course, Super Bowl was aired all over the, the globe uh, in one way, shape, or form. Now, speaking of Monday Night Football, one particular game in 1975 offered a happening that I, nor I guess anyone else, had ever seen before or since. You see, with so many fans across the airways watching that game in Buffalo at Rich Stadium between the New York Giants and the Buffalo Bills, practically anything that happened during those three hours was going to be discussed along the next day's work conversations all throughout the country. Well, what happened on October 20th, 1975 was, in point of fact, incredible and extremely dangerous. What do I mean by that? Well, at the beginning of the third quarter of that game, an intoxicated fan, I say intoxicated because I don't think any sober person would do what this guy did, he decided to take a hold of the rope which held the place kicking net in place along the west end line of the stadium. He was on the second deck of the stadium when he was doing this, and the spectacle of this unnamed fan dangling at least 50 feet in the air above the playing surface and at least 20 feet away from the edge of the deck, the second deck, uh, while the game was going on, it was unnerving to say the least. Uh, even the ABC television crew uh, on Monday Night Football chimed in while watching this spectacle. Howard Cassell, you know him, he's a wordsmith for the ages, described this event as uh, 
uh, dangerous, uh, disgraceful, and absurd. Well, the fan hung on that rope as the fans and the players watched, and uh, many gasps could be heard over the airwaves, and certainly they were soundly heard by those in, in attendance on that night. Uh, this crazy fan hung on the rope for practically 10 full minutes until he somehow miraculously made it back to his departure point on the front row of the upper ledge of Rich Stadium. He then departed the stadium with several police and security personnel giving him a much-deserved escort. Now, while that particular occurrence was hard to believe unless you watched it, one more shocking event also took place later that same year, 1975. It turned out to be much more memorable for aficionados of pro football history. It was the NFC Divisional Playoffs in Metropolitan Stadium in Bloomington, Minnesota. It was the wildcard Dallas Cowboys going up against the NFC Central Division champion and defending NFC champion Minnesota Vikings. What happened at the very end of that dramatic contest was disturbing to most onlookers. The Cowboys came from behind to win the game, as I'm sure most of you know, thanks to the completion of the uh, very first long bomb termed as a Hail Mary pass in NFL history. Uh, on that memorable, memorable play, uh, many thousands of Vikings fans felt, and they still feel to this day, that Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Drew Pearson was guilty of offensive pass interference against Minnesota cornerback Nate Wright, just an instant before Pearson caught Roger Stallback's 50-yard touchdown pass. One particular unnamed fan in attendance at Metropolitan Stadium was so upset that a penalty was not called on Pearson, that he decided to take it upon himself to throw a bottle of Corby's whiskey onto the field. Well, that was bad enough, but with the aim of someone like Nolan Ryan, uh, that angry Vikings fan, the bottle that he threw, hit field judge Armin Terzian right in the head. Terzian went down immediately, and the stadium, which a moment before was abuzz with booze galore, all of a sudden went immediately silent. I mean silent. You could have heard a pin drop, to use a cliche. Uh, the stadium's public address announcer admonished the fans attending the game to refrain from throwing objects on the field as if such a plea was needed after Terzian was hit. Uh, after several minutes, Terzian's head was bandaged while he laid on the turf, and he somehow miraculously got up and jogged off the field with just a few seconds remaining in the game. He went to a local hospital and got 11 stitches to close up his wound. Uh, Minnesota middle linebacker Jeff Seaman asserted that the action of this fan was unforgivable. That could have killed him, and I hope to never see anything like that again, Seaman said. Uh, Minnesota Vikings owner Max Winter offered $5,000 for the arrest and conviction of the guy who threw the whiskey bottle. A few months later, the entire episode was closed without ever identifying a suspect. Uh, you know, there are two, those are two really noteworthy events, and both ironically happened from the same year, 1975, where one fan in each instance left his mark on the game albeit a mark that no sane or well-intentioned person would ever want to emulate. It was just two more examples of some wild and crazy pro football fans from an era that we will probably never see again. Well, that completes tonight's uh, Pigskin Pass, and we'll be back next time 
uh, with another exciting episode without whiskey bottles or people dangling from ropes. Have a great day. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.